this is Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. Except today, we're taking a little bit of a turn. Um, the title of today's podcast is How Your Bedroom's Decor May Be Secretly Sabotaging Your Love Life. Uh, and I'm interviewing a woman named Boomi Lauren Kristen. Um, I have a bio here, but I never start with the bio. Um, I start with the story. I got an email from Boomi, completely out of the blue, um, that just knocked my socks off. Uh, she's really smart. She's really experienced at what she does. Um, and I've never met anybody quite like her. She is uh, wise and has the arrogance to do big exciting new things and the humility to invest in herself and do a lot of self-help. She's extremely generous with her information. The amount that you're going to learn in a really short period of time is great. And um, unlike a lot of the guests that I've had who are other dating coaches who are friends of mine uh, here in Los Angeles, Boomin does something that I don't, that I don't do um, that is relevant to your life, uh, which is why I'm really excited to share her wisdom with you today. Um, uh, the official bio says, Boomi Lauren Kristen is known as America's design psychologist. She's a licensed architect, interior designer, accredited green building professional and pioneer in design psychology. For over 20 years, she's designed and built buildings ranging from multi-million dollar hotels, offices, schools, and condominiums to private homes, which are her greatest passion. Boomi is the founder of the Design Psychology Studio and the creator of the groundbreaking online programs, Transform Your Home, Transform Your Mood, the new science of decorating your home to make you happy, calm, and productive and strengthen your relationships, and Magical Escape, the new science of decorating your bedroom to rejuvenate you and rekindle your romance. So there is a way that this does tie into love, um, and there are ways that I don't entirely understand, which is why I'm very excited to have as my guest, Boomi Lauren Kristen. Hello, my dear, how are you? Awesome, Evan, so excited to be here. You have a way of making someone feel special. Thank you for that intro. Um, that is, uh, that's, that's the easy part of my job is uh, I'm genuinely interested in people and I'm genu genuinely interested in things that I don't know and don't understand. When I have an opportunity to not be the know-it-all and be the person who's learning, it's well, really, it's really, uh, uh, juicy opportunity for me. So thank you for being here. Um, uh, because you're, 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 this is your big debut to the, the, the personal growth space and the relationship community, um, I'd love to just sort of introduce you the way you want to be introduced, not the biography, but rather the two-minute story of how you became you and turned all this amazing life experience into something that women can experience themselves at home, how they get the benefit of 20 years of your wisdom. So how did you become you? So um, let me go back a little bit then. I grew up in Africa. And you know, in Africa, life is lived outdoors. I would walk along the country lanes at dawn. It's all peaceful and quiet. I would sit by a brook and just, you know, excel, get away from everything. And I would feel such a sense of tranquility, Evan. I can still I can still remember it, almost a, a near spiritual experience where I felt like a part of the, you know, great scheme of things. And I would wonder, why do I feel this way out in nature and not at home or anywhere else? Well, fast forward years later, as an architecture student in Northern Italy, 
driving past this farmhouse with friends, it mysteriously tugged at my heartstrings. And I'm thinking, why does this farmhouse make me feel this way? Boom. Couple minutes later, I realized it's because it literally swept me years back to those carefree childhood days on my grandma's farmhouse. And you can imagine the types of feelings and memories that that would unlock, baking cupcakes with my mom, pillow fights with my sisters and so on. And so I, I was like, wow, why does nature make me feel a certain way? Why do certain places tug at my heartstrings? And then on the other side, all the places make me feel bad. Evan, I'm thinking right now of the seriously of this apartment that I had shared with a friend while I went back to grad school in San Diego. It, it was pokey, small windows, the lingering smell of stale food, like yuck. It was comfortless. I, I literally would feel as though the walls were closing in on me. So that was where everything began. Like, why do certain places make us feel good? make us feel romantic, make us feel tranquil, while others could make us feel tense or uncomfortable. And I said, is this coincidental? Or is there a way we can reverse engineer the way we feel in places? Can I reverse engineer the design of my home to make me feel a certain way? Can you, Evan, reverse engineer the design of your bedroom to make you feel romantic, make you and your wife feel romantic? That's you you should see you should see my bedroom. We, <laughs> one, one, one thing we have going for us, but maybe you could come and tell me that I'm wrong, but we, we like it. Um, but no, that, that is really interesting. And I love the focus on feelings. Um, it's one of the things that people in dating and relationships and people who've been listening to me for a while, they often neglect their own feelings. We talk about women as emotional creatures, but they really sweep their feelings under the rug and they'll stay in a relationship where they're, they're anxious and needy and confused and don't feel safe, right? right? All because it look, he looks good from the outside. Oh my but but the, the, the feeling, that thing that brings up inside you is not one of, ha, ah, this is home. And so you are literally talking about how to make a home feel like a home. Oh my goodness, you have put it in excellent words. Because see, the main problem here is that conventional interior design, Evan, focuses on helping you to decorate your home or your bedroom so look good and of course function properly, right? But think about it for a second. Decorating your home to look good is superficial. That would be like choosing whom to date primarily based on the fact that they're hot and then wondering why, like you said, they don't make you feel that great or why your life might be in turmoil. So what I say to women is, how about choosing whom to date based primarily on the way they make you feel and the impact they have on your life? And how about decorating your home based primarily on the way it makes you feel and the impact it has on your life? And I, and I don't think that people stop to even think about that, um, which is why I find it so revolutionary uh, and, and simple at the same time, right? Asking people to tap into their feelings and, and really, what what feeling does being in this room evoke in you? You got right? it. You got um, it. I, I did. I did have a question. Mm -hmm. um, that's not on our, our our script. It just I thought of it because you're talking about. I grew up in Africa, and uh, I, I like things that reminded me of my grandmother's farmhouse, and it brought me back. Right. And that's very uh, beautiful. And people can identify that. I, I immediately start thinking of my past. The question is. 
is that, uh, is it universal, right? Your, your past is going to be different than someone else's past. How do you help someone interpret, right, the thing that's going to feel good to them? Because your farmhouse might feel very foreign to me. And right. if you decorate my place that way using the same, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's very tricky to give one, one-stop shop advice to totally. individuals. So how do you manage that? Totally. So you hit the nail on the, on the head. It's my work, my design philosophy is style neutral. It has nothing to do with style. It's based on your feelings and your feelings alone. So what I literally do is walk clients through a process where they go back and examine, you know, it has to do with their past experiences, their preferences, their lifestyle. And at the end of the day, they come up with something that's totally theirs. Mm -hmm. the clients have exclaimed like, oh my goodness, this space you've created for me resonates so deeply. This is the space I've longed for. I couldn't even articulate it, but you brought it out from deep within me. That's the power of this. And, and this is something that people can do on their own. They don't need to go hire some expensive interior decorator to, uh, you know, spring some magic, magic pixie dust in their room that creates a more loving atmosphere and charge them 30 grand for that. <laughs> no, not even close. And see, you are a fantastic inter- interviewer because you're so bringing this information out. No, you got it. See, what I've done, Evan, in the last several years is used this information to serve select hind clients. But for the first time, what I want to do is take this information and make it available to everyone who cherishes a rich and beautiful lifestyle. So I've taken my seven steps, which we may have time to talk about later, and I've translated them into seven lessons and put them into this home study online program, the one you quoted earlier called Magical Escape the new science of decorating your bedroom to rejuvenate you and rekindle your romance. You get a hold of that inexpensive program, you can do it by yourself. That's 20 plus years of experience right there for you. Wow. Um, uh, how, how long did it take you to create that program? Because for me, oh. I, 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 my Love You program was the hardest thing I ever did because I had I had 12 years of experience and all this stuff, and it was just trying to consolidate it and compress it and say, how do you give someone simple things that they can follow and digest? And it was, it was a major, major project. And, and again, I, I can only imagine how you take 20 years of knowledge and consolidate it into an information product that is uh, accessible and digestible to people who don't have this as their expertise. Evan, like OMG, okay? (laughs) Listen, I've built multi-million dollar buildings from ground up, buildings that take three, four years to build, done everything. This, hands down, is the hardest thing I've ever done. I almost quit. Several times in the process, I almost quit. But you know why I didn't quit? It's because I recognize after all these years that Because we human beings, we, how do I put this? We're driven by our psychology, right? So whenever you take psychology and you combine it with another important subject, it literally creates a paradigm shift in culture, almost a movement. Evan, think about, you know, the Tony Robbins of this world that brought awareness to psychology and success, right? They're saying, look, if you're not successful here, it's not going to happen for you out there. Or the Deepak Chopras who are pointing us to, psychology and health 
saying if you're not successful here, you're, you're unlikely to be successful in your body as a whole or psychology and relationships, right? So my mission is to bring massive awareness to that important relationship between psychology and environment or psychology and decor. And you know how important this is? When Oprah learned about some of the things that I'm sharing with you and will be sharing with you, she had a huge home decorating aha moment. It led her to immediately begin to overhaul the decor of her Santa Barbara mansion. And of course, you don't have to, I mean, that's just Oprah being Oprah, right? She's a billionaire. You don't have to do that, but that shows you how important this stuff is. It's the next big thing, literally. I love it. From where I sit, right, your reality-based dating coach, that sounds a little extreme. Guy's going to come into your house. He liked you this, before he got there, and he comes, he comes and he's like, ah, oh, no, I have to get away. That, that never happened to me. I once went into a woman's bedroom where she literally had a mattress on a floor, and we, we turned on the lights. There was a cockroach on the mattress. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I still stayed there because she brought me back to her bedroom. And what was I going to do? Um, I was freaked out. So men have definitely a lower threshold for this, but I'm assuming there's something I don't know about how someone's bedroom decor can sabotage their love life. So educate me, Boomy. What am I missing here? So here's a, a true story for you. A while back, I walked into this couple's bedroom and Evan immediately, I said to myself, oh my gosh, if this marriage isn't already in trouble, this bedroom will do it. A marriage, mind you. And mind you, this was an expensively furnished bedroom in a fairly high-end home. And I, I hear you thinking, oh, you know, give me a break, Boomy. Couldn't have been that bad. No, it was. And unfortunately, it gets worse. Could you paint a, a mental picture for us about what, what, what you saw? That if, I feel like you're like the person who's like the, who could see the ghosts that no one else could see. <laughs> they're, they're there but you're, you're attuned to them. So what did you see that was such a, a red flag? And I will, I'll tell you some of those things in a minute, but before, let me tell you how that story ended. So, um, and again, just in case this is a little far-fetched for you, let me sort of lay the groundwork a little bit. We've all, we can all recall probably a restaurant that we went to that made us feel romantic. Cabana-style booths, warm, soft lights, mood music, a view and so on. Sure. And you can also recall another restaurant you went to that made you feel blah, maybe, you know, bare chairs and tables, the kind you would get from a cheap party rental spot. There's the radio is blaring ratchet music. There's cars whizzing by the lights of bright fluorescence. So we can, we can all agree that our surroundings definitely help determine whether we feel romantic or not. So that's the, you know, basis there. Now back to that couple's story real quick to wrap it up. Unfortunately, I hate to say my hunch was right because last I heard about them, they were divorced and the guy was actually getting remarried in with some sort of indecent haste. But, and again, I would love to talk some more about what that couple's bedroom looked like. It was about the colors. It was about the patterns, you know, and whatnot. And that's great. But the fact really is what I say to people, it's not so much even about what was wrong with that couple's bedroom but what's likely wrong with your bedroom? And I don't mean you personally, because the majority of couples' bedrooms that I see, whether in real life, in magazines, on websites, and so on, are in some way sabotaging their relationship. And the worst part is they're clueless that this is going on. All right. Well, the, the, the floor is yours. I mean, what are, what are some common 
mistakes. What, what did you see in this horrific bedroom that sounds like something out of a horror movie? Because um, I'm already feeling uh, self-conscious, like, oh my God, maybe I'm doing it too. What's going on? Okay, so um, let, me, let, me, um, let me go to step one of my program. The title is, This Popular Color May Be Sucking the Excitement Out of Your Life and Love Life. Okay, because again, it's not big things that perhaps the average person will walk into the room and see right away. These are, it's color, it's the lighting, it's the materials and so on. And so what my program does, I have seven steps and each one addresses a key part. So let's talk about color, for instance, which is one of the big offenses that the, this couple had and which most other people have. So the lesson title is, this popular color may be sucking the excitement out of your life and love life. Now, statistics show that up to 80% of bedroom walls are painted white or beige. Let me pause for a second. What color are your bedroom walls? Let's just bust you right now, Evan. <laughs> I, I, I inherited this, this, this house. I mean, I bought this house and I didn't paint anything. And so, so if, if the walls are white or beige, then that's what my whole, my whole house is, white or beige. Okay, so you're, you're, you're a culprit right there, okay? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. So we, we, we have things to offset that. We have, we have like, like deep red velvet curtains and we've got sexy, sexy art on the walls. And, but I guess we do have, we do have off white walls. That is true. <laughs> and the, your, your sexy stuff wouldn't save you. I'll tell you why in a second. Okay, so statistics show that again, most bedrooms are painted white or beige. Because frankly, people are terrified of color. They're like, oh my gosh, how do I even know what color to pick? What if I paint the walls and the colors clash? And so they default to white or beige because, you know, that's just easy. And, yeah, and it's, it's neutral. I mean, it makes it's a certain neutral. amount of sense. There you go. Uh, no, absolutely. But we all know that white is the most sterile color there is, which is why it's used in hospitals and laboratories. White is emotionless. It's neutral. It's a blank slate. And beige, you know what the dictionary defines beige as? Plain, vanilla, ordinary. Trust me, your bedroom is the last place in the world where you want to have feelings of sterile, emotionless, plain, vanilla, ordinary. Okay. And, you, and knowing you, you know, the prober you are, you'd probably say then, well, Booby, what colors should I use in my bedroom? Well, so think about the word bedroom means a room for the bed, right? It means that the focus of the room is the bed or sleeping which is mainly a nighttime event, right? Now, when you even go out for a romantic night on the town with your wife, what colors are you more likely to wear? Are you gonna wear like beige, khaki, baby blue, or do you wear rich, dark colors? I'll, you know, I'll let you answer in a second, like wine red, um, black, charcoal, navy blue. I, I wear... I, I... I had some stylists tell me what I should be wearing and what I shouldn't be wearing after I created my Love You program. <laughs> and uh, I found out that, that uh, blues in general are the best color for me uh, and that I should avoid um, brown tones because I have kind of brownish skin. Right. Um, and so uh, I, I shouldn't do too many, too many browns or, or earth tones, if you will. Right. Yeah. So, and when you think about it, like when we go out for a romantic night on the town or when we go out at night, think of, you know, the little black dress. It's, you know, those are the kinds of colors we wear at night for those types of events, because 
we instinctively know that those are the colors of the evening. As opposed to if you were going to a picnic in the park on a summer afternoon, would you wear your wine red gown or your black you know, dress? Probably not. You'd be looking at you know, a khaki, mauve, soft colors. So we know these things instinctively with the way we dress, but we sort of forget them or neglect them in our bedrooms. So it's these same rich, warm, dark colors, those the ones you wear out on a romantic night, the black tie, the little black dress, the wine red, these are the same colors that will create, recreate the mood of a romantic night in your bedroom. So here I am learning that everything that I've ever done, I've been doing wrong, which is sort of story of my life. That's fine. <laughs> I could take it. Um, but you allude to colors for your bedroom that don't, uh, don't always sound like, like one would associate with the bedroom. Like I, 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 you say rich, dark, warm colors. Right. A room, I once had a room, I, I once lived in a place where there was a room painted black and it felt like I was in a dungeon. <laughs> like, is that, is that, is, is black too black? You know, yeah, I probably wouldn't do black outright. I think it's a bit extreme. And what I say to people though, is you don't have to go super dark. You could even mid-tone colors will be an improvement on white or beige. You need rich, sensuous colors. That's what you need. And white or beige, neither of them is that. They're sterile, they're neutral, they're emotionless. Again, when you think about it, neutrality is the opposite of passion. You want colors that, um, that conjure passion in your bedroom. So no, I, 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 it's something I never thought of before. It makes, it makes perfect sense. So if uh, you're going to give me, and I hate to do this, I hate, it sounds like a journalist question, but if, if I'm a woman I'm, and I'm, I'm neutral on all this new information, what are the top two, three colors that you say would, would, do, would do a woman well to, to consider within the structure of the way her home already exists? Because you don't right. want to have to have her throw out her entire house, but right. this well. is important. No, see, that's where the question you asked me earlier comes in. I can't do that. Oh, because it's what about I, them. Exactly. Got it. For me, it could be a wine red plus this mocha plus this other one. For you, it could be like wine red. No way. It could be something else. But it's a process I take you through. Got where it. We'll identify the right colors for you within the spectrum of colors that'll do the trick. Okay. Per perfectly good answer. Uh, and And... The right one. I mean, you don't want to give someone some sort of magic pill. Exactly. So. That doesn't work for them. No, again, it's all personal, right? You're giving universal advice and trying to help people apply it to them. So Absolutely. Similarly, we talk about something that's universal. We're talking about how uh, a bedroom is this sort of cauldron for love, romance, sleep, right? It's, it's a, a personal sanctuary. What happens if someone who's listening is not in a relationship? The majority of our, our listeners, that's why they're turning to a dating coach, aren't in a relationship with a guy. Um, how does this benefit them? Absolutely. So what I say to people is one of the saddest things I see, Evan, is where a woman is struggling in her relationship, whether it's, you know, the intimacy is not there, they've, you know, drifted apart, she's scrambling, she's maybe even suspecting him of trolling some inappropriate sites online and so on. Basically, things are falling apart. And of course, we know that there are several reasons why a relationship could be falling apart. But atmosphere, mood and decor, that's the X, that's the hidden X factor that most people are not even aware of. 
So what I simply want to do is get this on people's radar, along with everything else that they they um, learn and they work on to make sure their relationships are great. I'm saying to you, don't wait until you get, find that guy, get married. You, gosh, you want this relationship. You're smart. You hire a top coach like Evan. He helps you. You snag the guy and then you're going to throw it all away because you couldn't take the time to learn about the importance of decor. I'm saying, don't do that. Learn this thing now. Make it a part of your life. You know, Evan, real quick, I know you mentioned something about, you touched on something that was actually really important, which I was going to get to. The fact that when you're dating, it comes a time where you have to invite the other party to your home, at least. I'm not even talking your bedroom for now. Just invite them over. Because I don't know about you. If I were a guy, I want you to tell me what you think. I don't think I could put myself in a position of a long-term relationship with a woman until I've seen how she is in her environment. That's just me. It's funny. I I think it probably operates on a more subconscious level Mm -hmm. than a conscious one. Uh, And it might be uh, sociology and just how we're we're brought up Mm -hmm. where men are not as attentive to the details Mm -hmm. of of home decor and there could be a great guy who's got like nothing on his walls or no picture. Guys just kind of, clueless it's very very different women are much better at creating atmosphere not in every situation but i think there's a lot of men who are clueless and therefore they're probably a little bit less judgmental of a woman i would actually say a woman's more likely to be judgmental of another woman than a man is to be judgmental totally and judgmental of herself because you know the problem i've i found and i don't know if women have confided this in you is uh, many women are embarrassed to bring that date to their house because they are not quite comfortable. Be- and like you said, he may not even, you know, think anything of it, but they're judging themselves and they're saying, I don't know. I don't know if this is good enough. So I'm saying whether you're married or not, before you ever even start dating, let's get your home atmosphere together. Besides okay. Evan, isn't it something you say you and other top dating coaches about, look, it's not about you sitting there waiting for some guy to come rescue you. Build a life you love that he would want to be a part of. Create a lifestyle, a quality of lifestyle that the kind of guy you want would want to be a part of. So yeah, let's get this thing going with your decor. Don't wait till you're married. That's what I say. How, how long does a, does a project like this take? It, it, from, for me, it sounds very daunting um, because it's not in my wheelhouse. It's not my skill set. The thought, I mean, I would sooner move homes than to redo my kitchen. I would sooner buy another house that has a better kitchen. So this all sounds a little intimidating. How do you make this less intimidating, quicker, cheaper? You know, like what what should someone expect in terms of when they could see and start to feel the things you're talking about? Absolutely. You know, it's so, you're right, because this is one of the top questions I get from people. They're like, oh, first off, I'm not thinking about decorating my home right now. This is, they tell me this is intriguing information, but I'm not thinking about decorating right now. And oh, it's going to be too expensive. It's going to be too hard. But I say not on my watch. First off, my methods, my information, the first thing it does is help you to assess and identify what's working for you in your home and what's not. So regardless of whether you do anything with it right now, at least you know, so that one, then one item at a time, you can change things. You can say, okay, you know what? I'm going to change the color. I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. And you just do that on your own terms at your own pace. 
So it's not like you have to go out and do some crazy big overhaul. And then the same way, my information will help you to identify the colors, the materials, the lighting, the imagery that's going to work for you. So that again, one item at a time, you can input, um, um, input um, add those things. So for instance, the next time you're thinking of buying a table, a rug, a sofa, when you've gone through this program and done the work, you'll know almost immediately, Evan, whether it'll have a positive or negative impact. But now you're just kind of like, you know, going blind, buying this and buying that and creating nah, I, I, I get it. I, I'm, I, um, I'm thinking of something personal. I, one of the reasons I married my wife is she wasn't freaked out by me being a dating coach. Right? I went out with other women who, who said, oh my God, you must have gone out with so many people. Do you take everybody here? Are you doing this for research? And it made a really big deal about it. And I'm thinking how it would be to go out with you and be like, oh my God, she's just judging everything in my home. Like I would be afraid to invite you over here for dinner, even though I probably will. Uh, I'd be afraid of all the things that you're thinking because you see things that I don't see. Isn't that awful? You know, Martha Stewart said the same thing, that people are afraid to have her over because they're thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to be judging. And you know, though, when I go to people's homes, they do that to me. They're like, okay, Boomi, tell me what's wrong. No, I'm not. I'm not here for that. You know what I mean? I'm just going to relax and we're going to have a good time. So that's what that is. Um, I want to take another break uh, before we get to some interesting questions about how your work compares with feng shui. Because to, to sort of a casual listener, it, it, it sounds like it's talking about the same principles, but I have a feeling there's more than meets the eye. So I've already learned a lot in the, the short time that we've been together on this podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed it so far. Um, we're going to go a, a step deeper right now and, and try to distinguish uh, Boomi's uh, premises, ethos, technology, whatever you call her systems, um, and how that differs from the ancient Chinese feng shui, which people talk about, you know, how you position things in your room uh, has, has an effect on your mood. This is a creation that's all your own. How do you distinguish those two for someone who a lay person doesn't understand either of them? Absolutely. So the way I put it is feng shui is based on Chinese tradition, astrology, and metaphysics. Those are the three prongs of, of feng shui. But my work is design psychology. Um, to define it, design psychology is obviously a scientific study of how places such as our homes and offices affect our feelings and behavior. And because places affect our feelings and behavior, they'll affect our relationships, they'll affect our productivity, everything. In other words, if a place makes you feel depressed, what's your productivity going to be like there? If a room or a, a re we just talked about restaurants that make you feel romantic, if your bedroom doesn't make you feel romantic, how does that impact your love life? So your decor is affecting your life 24-7, and we've just got to deal with it. So, but again, mine is from a scientific standpoint. I could, I'm sorry. No, I, 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 it, it begs the next obvious question, which is, <clears throat> I have no reason to doubt you, but where, where is the science that says, <clears throat> yeah, this actually makes a qualitative difference in your, how you feel about yourself, how men feel in your presence. I mean, it, it, it sound, it's not that I, uh, again, I'm a natural skeptic. It's not that I doubt that it's true because it makes logical sense, but have people really studied this? Oh, totally. There are tons of studies. And for the first time, I'm excited to bring these studies to the mainstream. 
let's look at a study, a Cornell University study, that found that having mirrors in a room could actually help you to eat healthier. It's like of all things, right? Well, so in this study, students enjoyed eating cake much less in a room with mirrors than in a room without mirrors. So the idea is that, you know, it's normally difficult for us to um, objectively judge and control our behavior in real time. The cake is mouth-watering, the fries are irresistible, and then we just give in. But seeing ourselves in a mirror makes us more mindful. It's sort of like I see this person in the mirror, you know, scarfing down cake, and I'm thinking, who's that person gobbling down cake? <gasps> is that me? Oh, my goodness. And suddenly, subconsciously, the cake just doesn't taste quite as good. It sort of helps me to check myself. It's, again, you're seeing yourself almost like another person. And so do, you I, do you read behavioral economics books? You know, I read all kinds of behavioral science books. Because that's really what this sounds like. I got like a whole library of behavioral economics book, uh, you know, how we decide and thinking fast and slow oh and goodness. predictably irrational. And I, I'm sort of wondering how, how that factors into what you're doing here. Because it, oh, it, it is, I like the concept of design psychology. I just, you're the expert. Like, have, have any of these things influenced the way you do your job? Evan, totally. Because again, when I started my search thinking, gosh, why do I feel this way in this place? And this place makes me feel bad. This one makes me feel romantic. How can I harness that and use that in design? I read almost every book I could you know, find that had anything to do with psychology, knowing also that studies say, Evan, that um, up to 90% of our choices are based on our feelings and emotions, not even our logic. Really. Yes. So I realized, you know what, if our, if our surroundings are affecting our feelings and emotions and our behavior is driven by that, I better hone in and figure out how this works. So totally, I read all those, as many books as I can find on the subject. So um, you gave me something interesting and it, it, it helps to illustrate a point, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to box you in a little bit more. Um, Yes, having mirrors makes me feel like a glutton, so I'm likely to eat less. There's actually a really interesting study that says the more people that are at the table, the more you're going to eat. If you eat by yourself versus eating with someone, right. if you have four people sitting at dinner, if you have eight people or a big Thanksgiving dinner, essentially the more people there are and the more food that's on the table and the longer you linger, you'll literally eat twice as much totally. with a big family meal than you will if you're just having lunch by yourself. Totally. So I, I always find those things interesting. Let's bring it back to this, the, the core here, which is your love life, the bedroom. Right. Do people let them study how often they get laid when they have a red bedroom? I mean, like, how, does, right. how, do, we, how do we pinpoint how this works in right. your, you know, with what we're, we're telling all these single women, right? right? Where's the science on that? Right. And again, the science surrounds this. As you, could, as you can imagine, it's a little more difficult to um, survey people in their bedroom, you know, their activities and so on sure. and so forth. But yes, but there's a lot of science surrounding it. So here's one for you. A famous study that was conducted in a Seattle penitentiary of all places, right? Where, Romantic yeah. in a certain way. <laughs> so what they did was they painted the gray concrete cell walls pink and immediately the inmates were significantly less hostile and aggressive because mm. the color was changed. So again, I'm not saying paint your bedroom pink. I would personally never even do that. You should but see my daughter's room. It looks like Pepto-Bismol threw up. 
Yeah, but that's her. She's that's for her. No, that's actually my that's my wife. My daughter didn't paint her room. My uh, wife painted the room. Okay, but so the thing is though that color affects the your level of serenity. The question I ask people is: is are the colors of your bedroom carefully chosen to make you and your spouse feel calm and relaxed and romantic, or are they secretly triggering tension? Because again, there is science showing that one color will make you feel tense, another will help you feel relaxed, another one would make you feel romantic, and so on and so forth. Okay. So, so exactly how does your work help listeners rekindle romance and improve their love lives? I mean, that's sort of the $64,000 question is, right. okay, this, this, this is all super interesting. What's the, what's the tangible effect uh, you know, that you've seen in your work? Absolutely. Working for your high-end clients. I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's anecdotal evidence that later becomes science. Absolutely. So, um, again, what I've done is all these years using my seven steps to serve select high-end clients. And now I've taken those seven steps and a painstaking process of translating them into seven lessons that anyone can use to turn their bedroom from nice but regular to sensuous, magical, and sizzling, the kind of bedroom that would add pizzazz to your love life. That's what I've done. So I'm going to run through the seven steps real quick. Sure. Just a sense. Um, the first one, as I mentioned earlier, lesson one is titled, this popular color may be sucking the excitement out of your life and love life. And we talked about those, the popular color is white and it's cousins, right? Beige and so on. And I go into much more detail about how, do you know that in your bedroom, because you're horizontal much of the time, your ceiling is almost as important as the walls. But even in bedrooms, Evan, where people paint their walls an off-white, a a non-white color, unfortunately, most of the time, the ceiling remains white. Because whether you realize it or not, the ceiling is the, probably the last thing you see before you fall asleep and the, last, the first thing you see when you wake up. So you're waking up to this blank expanse of ceiling. So I talk about that and what you should do about it. In a nutshell, in that particular lesson, I show you how to use color to transform your bedroom into this cozy and sensual space. Lesson two is titled, How to Create an Aura of Escape and Fantasy in Your Bedroom. And okay, this is not a secret sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey, okay? What I'm talking about is... Yeah, gray, gray doesn't sound like one of those colors for a bedroom. <laughs> no, you know, like, oh, fantasy escape, what is this? Is this a porn show? No. What I'm talking about, Evan, is the fact that in the course of the normal day, we spend much of our waking hours dealing with, you know, the often harsh realities of everyday life, you know, kids carpool, homework, career, money. And whether you realize it or not, these stresses and concerns, they follow you into your bedroom at the end of the day. That's just the reality. What I do for you um, in this lesson is use lighting and materials to create a somewhat dreamy ambience that almost seems to cast a spell on you and gives you an escape from the stresses of your everyday life. That's what that is. Sounds nice. (laughs) And there's there's five more? There's five more. This sounds like a lot of, it's, it's it's a lot to think about. It is a lot. You know, it's a lot of good stuff for people. And um, it's, again, it's something that clients pay me tens of thousands of dollars for, but I want to make this available to everyone. I feel that everybody deserves, a, you know, sensuous, dreamy bedroom 
not only people who can afford to pay thousands of dollars. So that's what this is. I, I, I'm feeling like I'm going to have to get this myself. <laughs> I'm, I, uh, I, I didn't expect that at the beginning of the call, but I kind of have to get a look at this. Where, where could people... Where can people find more about you and your programs? Absolutely. www.designyourmood.com. That's what I want to do. I yeah, there's going to be a link below this on, on the podcast page and on, on YouTube so people could, could click directly there to learn more. And uh, what will they discover when they get there? Oh, my goodness. Again, how they can try. Well, first of all, there are a couple of programs on there. One of them is this program for the bedroom called Magical Escape, the new science of decorating your bedroom to rejuvenate you and rekindle your romance. And then there's a foundational program, which is called Transform Your Home, Transform Your Mood, the new science of decorating your home to make you feel happy, calm, and productive. Oh, it just sounds, it sounds like a Today Show title. It just sounds so perfect. It's so, and don't be surprised when you see me on the Today Show shortly, because that will happen to you. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it sounds like the kind of thing I could picture, you know, Matt Lauer holding up this book. Coming up next, right? Yes. How, uh, <laughs> right? Like, I, 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 I'd watch those three minutes to, on, you know. So that's, uh, that's really amazing stuff, Boomi. I want to thank you so much for uh, being a guest and, and sharing your, your wisdom. And, and again, it's just so so unique and it, it so dovetails with everything that I'm doing here. And so I'm, I'm just very grateful that you reached out to me um, and that you have a message that I'm really excited about spreading. Thank you so much. What an exciting morning. More exciting than I anticipated. Thank you so much. Come on. Much. What do you expect <laughs> from me? The bar was so low. All I had to do is this. Oh, no. Trust me. This is, this is pretty incredible. Well, I think you acquitted yourself very well and people would be very lucky. Um, to learn more about uh, how to design their mood and, and uh, ensure a, a positive experience for every man who enters the bedroom, which is a, 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 nice, a nice goal in and of itself. So um, I want to thank you for being here. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, well, let's have lunch soon. Totally. Thank you. All right, my friend. Thank you. And uh, this is still Evan Marcass. That was Boomy Lauren Kristen. Huh, fun podcast. Uh, next week, I am posing and answering the question, should you move in with him before you get married? Um, there's lots of thoughts about the virtues of cohabitation. I'm going to explore them next week with a few of my thoughts and a few callers. If you enjoy this podcast, um, don't be shy. Go to www.evanmarkcats.com forward slash podcast guest to see my upcoming topics and ask questions. Don't, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and on YouTube. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And most importantly, if you enjoy this stuff, all this free stuff, go to evanmarkcats.com. Give me your name and email address. I will send you free dating and relationship advice until you no longer need free dating and relationship advice. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I can't wait to get you the love you deserve. I will see you next week on the Love You Podcast.